Welcome. You're listening to Lan Asari's podcast, the founder of God's Tabernacle Church in Ghana. As you listen, may you be blessed immensely. Um, it's good to be in church on a Sunday morning, but as we can't be in church, we're managing with the online services. So uh, it's a wonderful thing. Eh? I mean, you know, God is not limited to being in one place. God is everywhere and his presence can fill everywhere. So, you know, we have to learn to make the most of every situation. Not every situation that looks bad is bad. So let's just pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you. Father, we ask that you guide us, bless us. Father, may the entrance of your word bring light into our lives. May it light our paths. May it bring us closer to you, Lord. Holy Spirit, please come into our midst. Come into our presence. Show us the things that you can show us. Show us the secrets, the mysteries. Reveal unto us revelation. Give us knowledge, wisdom, understanding, Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you for these things. In Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. <coughs> Hallelujah. I'm going to be continuing on um, the series I started on Now That I'm a Christian. And um, before I took you through um, a few points, I took you through Now That I'm a Christian, like what happens next? What are you supposed to do? What are you supposed to know? And... I think the first one I took you through was pray. You're supposed to pray. Now that you're a Christian, you're supposed to read your Bible. That's the second one. You're supposed to change your friends and your surroundings. You're supposed to change your thoughts as well. Amen. So I think that that's where I ended last week. So we're going to continue. And I know that we're going to be blessed because um, grace abounds and I know that God is going to do more things in your life. You know, if you've ever been confused as a Christian, you didn't know what to do. You didn't know what you were supposed to do. Now that you are a Christian, this message is perfect for you because, you know, one of the things that happens in Christ is that a lot of churches and a lot of Christians are not showed, are not told what happens next now that you're a Christian. Because, you know, when you when you get to school, you know, you are given a sort of like orientation, but in Christianity, there's nothing really like that. You know, when you give your life to Christ, very few churches actually do like born again school and things like that. And even in the born again school, you, you, you usually learn things that aren't as practical to you as they're supposed to, you know. So the points that I'm giving you are more practical things like when now that you're a Christian, when you become a born-again Christian, these are the things that you're supposed to be doing and supposed to be into. Okay, so I'm going to start. I think we're at number five, continuing this week. Uh, number five. So now that I'm a Christian, you must pray long hours. Now, this is different from um, the, the first point, which is to pray. Now, praying long hours is much, much more... Um, it, it brings more and there's more than you receive from God when you pray longer hours. Amen. Amen. 
Um, Luke 18. Luke chapter 18. I read from verse 1. It says that now Jesus was telling the disciples a parable to make the point that at all times they ought to pray and not give up and lose heart. Saying, in a certain city there was a judge who did not fear God and did not respect and did not have respect for man. Uh, there was a desperate willow widow in in that city and she kept coming to him saying give me justice and legal protection for my adversary for a time he would not but later he said to himself even though i do not fear god nor respect man yet because this widow continues to bother me i will give her justice and legal protection otherwise by continually coming she will be an intolerable annoyance and she will wear me out Then the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says, and it will not, and and will not God defend and avenge his elect, his chosen ones who carry out to him day and night, sorry, who cry out to him day and night, will he delay on their behalf? I tell you that he will defend and avenge them quickly. However, when the son of man comes, he will find, will he find this kind of persistence? Faith on the earth. Amen. You know, so the parable is basically Jesus Christ describing to us, showing us that if if an unrighteous judge, right, someone who did not respect God, respect man, fear God, nothing whatsoever, if he persistent crying out was able to change him, then, you see, Jesus Christ was saying that, then how much more God will he not come and avenge his children who are crying out to him persistently? Will he not avenge them? Will he not come and give them what they want, everything they want? Look, persistent prayer, it, it brings power. Amen. Persistent prayer brings power. James 5.16 says that, Therefore, confess your sins to one another, your false steps, your offenses, and pray for one another that you may be healed and restored. Then, this is the second part. I said, the heartfelt and persistent prayer of a righteous man, a believer, can, can accomplish much when put into action and made effective by God. It is dynamic and can have tremendous power. I'm reading the Amplified Version. But you see, the Bible says that the heartfelt and persistent prayer of a righteous person, and you see, the Bible explains a righteous person as a believer. You don't necessarily have to feel righteous. You don't have to do particular things to be righteous. The Bible says that our righteousness is as filthy rags in front of God. That's what the Bible says. Our righteousness is as filthy rags in front of God. So the Bible is saying that a believer is someone who God has made righteous. Now that you are a Christian, you are a believer, you are made righteous. And now the Bible is saying that the persistent prayer of a righteous person, the heartfelt prayer of a righteous person, it availeth much, it does much, it, it accomplishes much. Now you see, the Bible is teaching you that your persistence in prayer will do a lot. It will bring a lot. So you must pray longer hours. Amen. So that, that's why this point is, is, is different from the first point, which is, which is to pray. Now that you're a believer, you pray. But this one, now that you're a believer, you pray what? Longer hours. You pray all night. Look, this is your time to be joining all night. This is your time to be spending 
all night with God. If you've not done a personal all night with God as a, as a born again believer, I'm telling you that you are missing out on so much power that God needs you to have. You see, the Bible says that we are fighting a warfare. Now in war, what is happening is that you are in a warfare and instead of taking up your, your guns, Instead of taking up your swords, your knives, whatever you need for your warfare, you are basically sleeping and enjoying, eating and sleeping and enjoying. This is what you are doing in this warfare when you are not praying and when you are not praying long hours. Amen. Because you see, you need to learn how to pray long hours. You need to put yourself in the prayer. You learn by practically doing it. Amen. You learn by putting yourself down and saying that, look, I'm going to pray five hours today. I'm going to pray three hours today. I, I personally believe long hours start from three hours. From three hours going, you're praying long hours, you know. So I, I believe that when you start praying from three hours, four hours, five hours, 10 hours, 12 hours, 24 hours, you know, from three hours, you're praying long hours. You know, so you must learn how to pray long hours. Amen. Because you need to travail. You see, the Bible says that, look, the devil has stolen things from us. So you need to learn how to fight in the spirit and take those things back. You need to learn how to fight. You need to learn how to be a warfare in the spirit. Amen. You need to learn how to warfare in the spirit. Amen. You need to learn how to consistently fight. You can't just be sleeping and, and, and waking up and believing that God will fight for you. It doesn't work like that. Christianity is not that easy. Amen. And those of you who have been going to pastors and telling people, oh, pray for me, pray for me, pray for yourself because you need the power. You need the effect of the prayer. Amen. You need, you need, to, be, you need to pray for yourself. You need to receive power. You need to receive certain things. When you, you see, when you pray for yourself, you receive certain things and that's what you need to do. You need to pray for yourself. Amen. You need to learn how to pray for yourself. You know, so as a, as a, as a, as a born again believer, you have to pray long hours. You know, the Bible says that, the Bible says in Ephesians 6 verse 18, it says that with all prayer and petition, pray with specific requests at all times on every occasion and in, and in every season in the spirit. And with this in view, stay alert with all perseverance and petition. You know, so, and pray for me that words may be given to me when I open my mouth to proclaim boldly the mystery of the good news of salvation. Amen. So you must learn how to pray. You must learn how to pray. You must learn how to pray long hours. You see, these are prayers. So with all prayer and petition, pray with specific requests at all times and on every occasion and in every season in the spirit. And with this in view, you see, all times, all seasons, learn how to pray. Pray long hours. Pray all night. Pray for hours. Spend time. Lie on the ground. Roll around. Shout to God. Learn how to spend long hours in the presence of God. And you will be blessed. Amen. Hallelujah. Number six. You must fast. Now that you are a believer, now that you are born again Christian, now that you are Christian, you must fast. Now, fasting is very important. Fasting is one of the things Christians do not like to do because fasting requires sacrifice. And Christians normally, human beings normally don't like sacrifice. It's so difficult for you to sacrifice one meal 
Because look, sometimes even fasting from, from 6 a.m. to 12 p.m. is so difficult for you and it's just six hours. How can you not be able to, to leave food for six hours? Young Christian, young believer, how? Young pastor, how? You must be the forefront of a fasting expedition. People fasted 40 days and 40 nights. People fasted for so long that they lost weight. But you can't even fast. You are dead big. You can't even fast. A fast is like a, it's like a trial to you. A fast is like a, a punishment to you. It's not supposed to be so. You see, the Bible says that, and I put my, my, my body under. Fasting is you putting your body under. Because you see, fasting is a way the, the, your spirit comes up. Your spirit gains, uh, um, gains power, gains control of your life. Because constantly your flesh is gaining control of your life. And one of the reasons why you even struggle to fast so much is because your flesh is leading you. And your flesh is telling you that you are hungry. Eat. Your flesh is telling you, go and watch TV. Because your flesh knows that when you watch TV, you see food on TV. And when you see the food, you can't even fast. You will just, just be tempted and you will fall. You must allow your spirit to lead you. You must allow your spirit to guide you, young Christian. You must allow your spirit to take control. Fasting puts yourself under. Amen. Look, I'm going to give you, especially, I'm going to give you several reasons why, now that you're a Christian, you must fast. This, these are practical reasons why you must fast. You know, number one, to seek and receive God's direction. Exodus 34, verse 28, and I'm quickly reading. The Bible says, Moses was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights. He ate no bread and drank no water. And he wrote on the tablets the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. Amen. The Bible says that Moses was there 40 days and 40 nights. Moses fasted and prayed to receive what? The direction. He sought the direction and received the direction from God. Because you see, Moses came back with the Ten Commandments. He didn't come back empty. He, he sought he sought the commandments of God. He sought the commandments of God and he came back with it. Look, learn to seek the commandments of God. Learn to seek direction from God. Learn to seek direction from God and you will receive it. You will definitely receive the direction from God. Amen. Because if you learn how to seek God's direction, you will receive it. That's why you must fast. Number two, to receive humility. Ezra 8, verse 21 and 22 said, Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river Ahava, so that we might humble ourselves before our God to seek from him a safe journey for us. You see, when you fast, what happens is that your flesh becomes weak. So you are able to become humble. You are able to push your, your body. And look, anybody who has fasted, you realize that you talk less. You don't really talk much because you are hungry, because your body needs energy and your body is lacking a certain level of energy. You don't have the energy to even argue. You don't have the energy to, to be fighting with people. You don't have the energy to be insulting people. Look, some of you, the reason why you can't shut your mouth is because you have never fasted before, because you have you eat too much. You have allowed your body to eat. You know, in Proverbs, it actually says that uh, uh, there are three things the earth cannot stand and the fourth, the earth, the earth trembles. And you see, one of the things that that the earth cannot stand. Mm? It's a fool when he's full. When, like he's full of food. The earth cannot stand. 
So it should tell you something when you are filled with food and you are full. You just you, look. You can automatically become a fool. Have you not noticed that some of the some of the stupid things you've been saying around, some of the things that you said and regretted and been punished for, you said it out of foolery. Sometimes you are even fool. You are just eating and you are full totally. You just make noise. Have you noticed that when, especially boys, when boys have eaten and then they are full, they get up and they start making noise. They start talking. And saying all kinds of rubbish, shouting at the top of their voice. You see, that, that, that's foolery. The Bible says that the earth cannot stand when a fool is full of food or is full. You know, you're full of food, so you just get up and start shouting, start making noise. You must learn how to be humble. Fasting makes you humble. Amen. Number three, to return to God, repenting. Amen. Joel 2 verse 12. It says that even now, says the Lord, turn and come to me with all your, your heart in genuine repentance, with fasting and weeping and mourning until every barrier is removed and the broken fellowship restored. You see, the Bible says that you must look. One of the reasons why you fast as a Christian is to return to God repenting. Amen. Some of you have left God. Some of you, you leave God for a season. Some of you leave the relationship for a time. You want to go and fool around. Some of you, look, even Christians leave God for a time. Because the Bible says that the righteous falleth seven times, but he has to rise up. Amen. You see, because you see, John is saying that God said what? Turn and come to me with all your heart in, in genuine repentance. With what? With fasting and weeping and mourning. Until every barrier is removed and the broken fellowship is restored. That means that the fellowship that you broke away from God. Look, some of you have broken fellowship with certain people that God has put in your life. The Bible says that, look, come tend to God with fasting and weeping. Some of you, you need to fast and pray about certain friendships that you've lost because you are supposed to have that friendship in your life. But because of your foolishness, you have, you have pushed that friendship away. The Bible says that, turn and come to me. Turn to me. Come to me. With what? Weeping and fasting until the broken what relationship is restored. Some of you, you need to fast about certain relationships that you've broken, certain relationships that you've left. Amen. So that, that's, that, that's another reason to fast because fasting, fasting brings you closer to God. Fasting is a way to return to God because when you fast, you are able to return to God. Amen. It helps you to, to return to God. So number four, because Jesus fasted before he began his ministry. Matthew 4 verse 2. It says that. After he had gone without food for 40 days. And 40 nights. He became hungry. Yeah, And the tempter came and said to him. If you are the son of God. Command these stones. Become bread. And then Jesus replied. It is written that man shall not live by bread alone. But by Everywhere that coming out of the mouth of God. You see, Jesus Christ fasted and prayed before he started his ministry. The Bible says that after he had gone without food for 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted 40 days and 40 nights before he began his ministry. Look, some of you, eh, you want certain gifts, but you don't want to make the sacrifice for the gift. You don't want to make the sacrifice for the power. You think the power just comes out of nothing because you prayed. No, sometimes you need to add fasting. You see, the Bible says that some things only go by prayer and fasting. Amen. I'll come to there. The Bible says that some things only go by prayer and fasting. Amen. You need to learn how to fast. 
You know, because you see, look, if you don't fast, if you don't pray, there are certain things you will never be exposed to. There are certain things you will never receive in your life. Amen. You need to learn how to fast. Look, I remember before I started this ministry, before I started the church, I remember I, I, I already knew about this principle. I already knew about this, this gift and this power that I was supposed to receive, but because I was supposed to do things to receive the power. Amen. And I remember I was led by God to go to another country. I remember I went to another country and I prayed. I prayed 100 hours for my church. What I did was I split it into, into 10 hours every day. So I prayed from Monday to Friday. So I spent two weeks in that country. And uh, by God's grace, my, my grandmother owns a beach house in that country. So I remember I, I was praying by the beach. I spent a large amount of time praying in the beach. I was just screaming. You know, when you pray at the beach, it's very powerful. When you pray... You can scream to, to the whole world and nobody will even hear you. Your voice, your voice is drowned by the waves of the beach. You should try it one day. Praying at the beach is a very wonderful experience. The wind blowing at you, you know, you can easily hear God because it's a very serene atmosphere. So yeah, so I remember I was praying at the beach here. Yeah, and um, I, I prayed 10 hours a day. I would wake up at 6 a.m. and I'll start praying. I'll pray from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. And I'll fast the whole time. I mean, I'm praying, how can I eat? You know, so I prayed from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. And I prayed and fasted. And I prayed 100 hours because I prayed from Monday to Friday. Then over the weekend, I took a break. Because I, I learned from my church, Lighthouse. You know, Lighthouse, we don't really fast during weekends. It was something that I didn't really notice until a certain time I spent in the church. Weekends, we don't fast. We eat properly. We enjoy ourselves, you know. And I realized that. So, so I, I, didn't, I didn't pray. I didn't pray and fast. I prayed, I mean, I prayed, but I didn't fast during the weekend, you know, and I didn't add my prayers to the 100 hours. because obviously I didn't pray the 10 hours, you know. So I, I, I restarted on the next Monday and prayed another 10 hours every day till Friday. So by the time I finished, I prayed 50 hours the first week, 50 hours the second week. And I, and I laid a prayer foundation for my church. Look, if, if I'm able to stand here and I pray for you and you are healed, and you are, look, even all of you in my ministry, under my ministry, even listening to me now, you are, you are doing this as a result of the fact that I laid foundation long ago, years ago, I laid foundation at the beach. I was praying 10 hours a day. So the fact that you even believe in me, it says something. You see, you want people to believe in you, but you have not prayed and fasted. You think that when you just went, lead someone to Christ, then that's it. The person is your, is your, is your, is your shepherd, or sorry, it's your sheep. It doesn't work like that. You need to pray and fast. Even the disciples, Jesus Christ prayed and fasted for them. He prayed 12 hours overnight for, for his disciples, each one of them. He prayed for them. Before they, they even, and even, even in the prayer, after he had prayed for them and he had chosen them and they were with him, they saw the miracles and everything. They were still fooling. Because at the point he went to pray with them and they slept. And he said, could you not watch with me one hour? <laughs> and they still slept. It's like he, they couldn't pray with him and he came to blast them. And they still couldn't pray with him three times. At the point, he said, look, these people, they need the Holy Spirit. <laughs> yeah, you need to pray. If you don't pray and you are not moving by the Holy Spirit, if you don't pray and then you don't receive the anointing, I'm telling you, you are going to be forcing a ministry that's not going to work. Maybe you have been put in charge of three sheep. You think that because there are three sheep, you don't need to pray. If I were you, I'll be praying 50 hours for those three sheep. Because when I was in university, I also used to pray. I laid a prayer foundation. I remember particularly, I've laid several prayer foundations. I laid, I laid 50-hour prayer foundations. Yeah. 
I laid it in, 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 in university. I was on vacation and I remember I was going to be a chief elder, I think. Or no, I was going to start my first church in university. I prayed 50 hours for the church so that the church will work. So that when I go there, it's not, it's not even me that is preaching. It's, it's God that is leading them. It's the Holy Spirit that's touching them. And look, believe you me, I remember when I started my church, there were nine people in the church. I was very encouraged. I think by the third Sunday, there were zero people in the church. Hey, zero people who chill it. Nobody had come. And look, I will never forget that Sunday morning because I had received 12 promises from people that they would come. There was even this particular guy. Look, I tried that. I said, look, I'll wash your clothes for you. Just come down to the service. I was there. I was in my, my black suit and tie and white shirt and everything. I said, look, let me help you wash. Let me wash for you so that we'll finish faster so that you can come to the service. He said, oh, pastor, how? How can I make you do that? Oh, no, no, pastor, you know me. I've come to your service before. I'll come again. Don't worry. He assured me. Hey, I spent about 10 minutes there. And Nakazumi, this guy, back and forth, he would not budge. He was still washing us. I was even preaching. Mm. Can you believe that? All the 12 people that promised me that they would come, nobody came. Look, I, I remember that service and I... I preached to myself. I preached to the chest. I took offering from the chest. I prayed with the chest. And then I did the grace with the chest. Hey! It was a day service. I tell you, that service, it shook me. I, look, I remember I went home. Right after the service, I was in school. I remember I ran away home. And then I, I, I almost cried when I got home. I prayed. I prayed, I think, I think I prayed about an hour. I don't even remember what I was praying for. But I remember I prayed about an hour. And then... I prayed about an hour and then I remember I, I, I almost cried, but I just gathered myself and I said, look, there's no point even crying. <laughs> and I remember I went to, uh, I went to church. I went to my church. I was in, I was from the youth church at that time. So I was now starting my own church. So I remember I went to my youth church pastor, Bishop Oko. At that time he was, he was Reverend Oko. And I remember I went to him and I entered his office after, after his service and I said, revokes. Charlie, I don't know if I can do this with revokes because, look, the tears were, were, were trying to come out of my eyes. <laughs> it was not easy. Hmm. I remember I said to him, I said, revokes, Charlie, I don't think I can do this because, hey, revokes, can you imagine I had service today? Nobody came. Zero. I, I preached to myself today, revokes. Like, I can't do this. Like, this, I, I can't do this. I don't know what. Ministry is not for me. I almost gave up. Sure. And I remember by God's grace, you see, he counseled me. He blessed me that time so much. I really thank God for my, my, my pastor's life, Bishop Oko. Look, he has helped me so much. And you guys will not even understand. You see, and this is someone who has prayed. I have laid a prayer foundation. <laughs> I've laid 50 hours prayer foundation. I've laid 50 hours. I've prayed for 50 hours. I went somewhere to go and pray 50 hours for my church. And still, zero people came at the point, And I almost gave up. So imagine you trying to do something that God has asked you to do and then you have not prayed and fasted. Do you think you can reach anywhere? You cannot. You are, you are joking in the ministry. You are playing with the ministry, honestly. You think that you can go somewhere without praying and fasting. So please, now that you are, you are a Christian, now that you are born again believer, you must fast. Amen. Let me quickly end. This is the last one. Um, sorry, this is the last practical reason for fasting. Um, because some things only go by prayer and fasting. Um, Matthew 17, 20. It says that, but this kind of demon does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Hmm. 
Some of you, you are fighting certain warfare, you are fighting certain demons, certain challenges, and you think that you don't need to fast. You are joking with your Christian life, you are joking with your spirituality. I'm telling you, you are playing games because if you think that you can overcome certain spirits by just prayer, by just, you know, you just lie on your bed and some five, ten minutes prayer, oh God, I don't like the way I watch pornography, God, I don't like the way I, 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 I lie, I don't like the way I steal, God, I don't like the way I do, I do this, I do that, I don't like the way my pride gets the better of me, I don't like the way I just insult people anytime, any season. Hmm. I am telling you that... <laughs> It doesn't work like that. What did you, this is Jesus Christ himself talking. Because you see, what had happened was that some people had tried to cast out a certain demon and the demon beat them. And then, and then Jesus Christ came to cast out the demon. And the, the, the disciples came to ask Jesus Christ, ah, but how come when they tried it didn't work? And then Jesus Christ said that what? He said, but this kind of demon does not go out except by prayer and, what? and fasting. If you think that there are certain hurdles that you need to overcome in your life, if you think that you only overcome them by just chilling, by just, you know, you do five minutes prior, then you go and live on, you go and enjoy your life, you go and enjoy yourself there. You are joking with Christianity. You don't even understand what you are doing. Amen. So please, you must pray and fast as a born-again believer because look, some of you, now that you are a Christian, you have to break certain bonds that you have put yourself under, that you have put yourself into. Because like you have been saved by grace, you have been taken away from your old self. You need to pray and fast to even break some of the bonds that you had when you were in the world. Amen. Some of you, some of the reasons why you can't even change certain things that you had in the world is because you have not broken those bonds. Amen. You know, so, uh, number seven. Now that I'm a Christian. Now that I am a Christian. I, you must live righteously. That's the last point for today. Now that you are a Christian, you must live what? Righteously. I've given you a lot of scriptures today. I'm going to give you even more. Amen. Hmm. Now that you are a Christian, you must what? You must live righteously. You see, a, a born-again believer is now someone who is righteous. So you must live what? Righteously. I showed you in, in the Amplified Version where it says that uh, the effectual favor prayer of a righteous man. And you see, the Amplified Bible puts it in bracket, a believer. So a believer is a righteous person. God has made you righteous by Jesus Christ dying on the cross for you. Amen. You know, so you must live in that righteousness. Amen. Now I'm going to give you practical ways of living righteously. As a, as a born-again believer, these are some of the practical things you're supposed to do as a righteous living Christian. Amen. Number one, evangelizing. Uh, Matthew 6, verse... Sorry, Matthew 16, verse 15, he says that, and he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. And he who has believed in me and has been baptized will be saved from the penalty of God's wrath and judgment. But he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs shall accompany those who have believed. In my name will they cast out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up serpents, and they will. And if they drink anything deadly, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will get well. These are all, all these things I've just mentioned, the, the, the verse 17. These are all the things that happen to you as a righteous person when you're living righteously, or when you're living as a believer. But the Bible starts with, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. When you go into all the world, when you evangelize, you, it's a way, it's a form of living righteously. And these are the signs that will accompany those who have believed. 
those who have become believers, righteousness wrought in you. <clears throat> in my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will not hurt them. And they will lay hands on the sick and they will get well. You see, you're living righteously as a believer causes you to drink poison and not even be, be, be affected by it. It causes you to pray for people and they are healed. It causes you to receive things. It causes you to be able to cast out demons and they will go. It causes you to speak in tongues. Now, speaking in tongues energizes you. and gives power to your body. Amen. You know, and these are the signs that accompany those who believe in God. Amen. So that's evangelism. Number two, practical righteousness going to church and joining all church activities church prayer meetings church services church bible meetings going to church and doing what is needful it's a practical way of living righteously why would you a born again believer not want to be in the house of god amen let me quickly read a scripture. Um, Psalm 84 verse 10. It says that for a day in your courts, a day in your house, a day in church, where the presence of God is, a day that is like put down for God's presence, a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather stand as a doorkeeper at the threshold of the house of God than to live at ease in the tents of wickedness. You see, the, you see, David said something very, very wonderful. He said, that, look, a day in the house of God is better than a thousand days elsewhere. I, I would rather stand as a doorkeeper. I would rather, look, if I find any door in God's house, I'd rather be there and be holding the door than, than to be anywhere else. Amen. You see, so as a born-again believer, why would you want to be missing out on prayer meetings? Why would you want to be missing out on Bible studies? Why would you want to be meeting out to be sorry to be missing out on meetings with your pastor? Your pastor will hold a meeting, then you come late. I do you even respect. Your pastor has held a meeting, you are coming late. It shows that you don't even value the presence of God. Because see, the Bible says that where two or three are gathered in his name, he's there. So what you don't even realize that you are doing is that you are actually disrespecting the, the, the presence of God. During during prayer meeting, and you are texting people. You are texting people, oh, hey, how are you? Yeah, I'm so blessed, you know. Oh, I miss you. You miss who? You are there. God is in your presence. You are texting, I miss you. Oh, let's meet up today, you know. Oh, let's do this today. Oh, oh, I didn't see your message. So sorry. You are joking. You are, you are just joking with your Christianity. You don't respect God. I'm telling you. You think that you are doing your pastor. You are not. You are, you are doing God directly because God has held a meeting. Because when your pastor holds a meeting, usually it's in respect to something God has said or God wants to do. And then you are there in the meeting with the audacity to be texting your friends that, oh, hey, what's up? Can we meet today? Hey, Charlie, I didn't see you in class yesterday. Are you okay? Hey, how are you doing today? Hey, like, are you okay? Like someone should ask their neighbor right now, are you okay? Is everything fine with you? Everything good? Everything correct? Because you said of you, it's like you even need, you need spiritual slaps. The Holy Spirit needs to just come and slap you. Come on! Put that phone down and listen to what your pastor is saying. Some of you enter a meeting because you think that it's not an official meeting or whatever. You just enter. Or maybe your pastor sends someone to come and have a meeting with you. 
Because it's not the pastor himself, you think that, oh, it's a leisure meeting. You are just doing whatever you are doing. I know if you're listening, you are thinking about what I'm going to eat today, what I'm going to wear today. Hey, this new dress I've been thinking about, I need to buy this dress. Are you okay? Ask your neighbor, are you okay? <laughs> Is everything cool? <laughs> because, look, what you are doing, you are disrespecting the agent of God. And it means that you are directly disrespecting God. I'll give you an example. This is, this is out of the message, but I'll give you an example. Now, how many of you recall the time that Moses actually went against what he said God said? And he went to take a wife from, I think it was the Egyptians. He took a wife from the Egyptians or somebody like that, somewhere like that. And he, he himself had come to say that God said that they shouldn't marry from those people. And he had gone to take a wife from those people. And Miriam and Aaron were angry, were upset. And they started to speak against him. Now listen to this. Moses was wrong. <laughs> but listen to this. You see, the Bible says that at a point, God held a meeting. God held a meeting. And in the meeting, God made them, God made them come and meet him. And then he came as a cloud of, uh, a pillar of cloud. And then he came to blast Aaron and Miriam. And he, he totally blasted them. He said, look, he said, even prophets. Because see, at the point, they were saying that, at the point, they were saying that, oh, is, is Moses the only prophet? And then, can we also not prophesy and things? And they were also, they also had power. But God came and God said something peculiar. God said, look, he said, he said even prophets, I come to them in dreams. I come to them in dreams and then I, I, I speak to them. And like, you see, God was showing that he comes to them, he speaks to them. He comes in their dreams, he tells them things. You know, he speaks to them. He said, by, he said, by Moses, my servant. He said, I, I speak audibly. My, he hears my voice itself. It's not a dream. It's not a trance. He hears my voice itself. He said, and the Bible says, and, and God said, and you are not even afraid. You were not afraid to say things against my servant. <laughs> so some of you, when the servant is sent, and you think that because it's not the master, you will just disrespect the person. You they be there. Because the Bible says that when the cloud of pillar left and the blessings was over, Miriam became as white as snow, leprous. She couldn't do anything again. And there was no cure for leprosy. Even now, I'm not even sure there's a cure for leprosy. Yeah. She was leprous. They had to wait one week for her leprosy to, to, to subside. Moses and, and Aaron had to pray before the leprosy subsided. Amen. So you must be afraid of women. I don't know why as a born again believer, you will not want to be in the service. You will not want to be in the prayer meeting. You will not want to be in the, the small meeting that is being held. Hey! Amen. Let me quickly go on. I wanted to read a long scripture. I wanted to read 2 Samuel 7 from verse 5. But you can do that. And Okay, let me just read the beginning. It says that, go and tell my servant David. Thus said the Lord. Should you be the one to build me a house in which to dwell? For I have not dwelt in a house since the day I brought the sons, the descendants of Israel, up from Egypt, even to this day. But I have been moving on in a tent, even in a tabernacle. Wherever I have gone with all the Israelites, did I speak? Did I speak a word to any of the tribes of Israel whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, asking, Why have you not built? me a house of Seder. And then, then, then you, see, you see, David had said that he wanted to build God a house. And God was asking him that, hey, this guy, but he wants to build me a house. Okay. So at the point, 
God had a covenant with David. So chapter 8 says that, So now say this to my servant David. Thus said the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture, from following the, from following the sheep, to be ruler over my people Israel. I have been with you wherever you have gone, and I have cut off all your enemies from before you, and I will make you a great name, a great name, like that of the great men of the earth, and will appoint a place for my people Israel, and will plant them, so that they may live in a place of their own and not be disturbed again. The wicked will not afflict them. You know, so God continued to make a covenant with David, continued to bless David, continued to even give him more blessings than what he had already given him because David had sought to build God a house. Look, if you build God a house, God will build a house for you. If you help in building God's house, God will build a house for you. Amen. So now the last practical way of living righteous. Actively avoiding sin. Now there, there, are, there are many more points, but I, I've just I've just reduced it. So now that you even have the message and 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 all that, you can go and do your own research and things. Amen. I don't like to spoon feed you guys, but the podcast is there and all that. You can even re-listen to these messages, grab all the scriptures, blow your mind. Amen. Second um, Timothy verse two, chapter twenty-two. Sorry, chapter twenty-two, chapter two, verse twenty-two. It says that run away from youthful lusts. Pursue what? Righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those believers who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Yeah. It says that run away, flee youthful lusts. You see, the Bible tells us to flee youthful lusts. Run away, avoid sin, actively avoid sin. Flee from youthful lusts. The Bible says in, in 1 Corinthians 6.18, it says that run away from sexual immorality in any form, whether thoughts or behavior, whether visual or written. Pornographies, this is to you, whether visual or written. In fact, novel pornographies, girls, you who have been, you who have been reading pornography in the form of novels, Thinking that it is, oh, this one is just a novel. It's a romantic novel. But then they are describing the exact act of the pornography, giving you thoughts. The Bible says that run away from sexual immorality. Look, I am declaring any novel that you read, all those romantic novels and things, you should stop them because you are reading softcore pornography. You are, you are invading your mind with sexual immorality and it will lead you to an action. Amen. So please, girls, as you are reading, when you are reading, they will be saying that and he thrust things into things. That is pornography. <laughs> what is being thrusted into what? Then they will tell you that, oh, and his lips touched her lips gently and what sort of, it's pornography. You are, you are reading pornography. The Bible says here, it says whether visual or written, so every other sin that a man commits is outside the body, but the one who is sexually immoral sins against his own body. Amen. So you must not sin. In it. You must not sin against your, your own body. You must actively run away from sin, whether it's written, visual, in your head, physical, whatever type of sexual immorality. The Bible says, "I run away from it." Flee from it. Actively avoid it. Amen. Look, actively avoid being alone with that boy. Because you know that if you are alone with him, you do certain things. Amen. 
actively avoid. Amen. My last scripture, the Bible says that in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 33, it says that do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good, good morals. Look, some of you need to cut off some of the people you talk to. Look, you have this boy that has been chasing you for so long. Every day he's telling you he likes you. He wants to do things with you. He's telling you that, uh, 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 oh, let's play around. You know, let's play games. And you're like, ah, what do you mean by let's play games? He's like, oh, you know what I mean now. Tell him, hey, please, I'm a righteous person. Go and sleep somewhere. You can even just block. Look, I'm giving you the permission to block such people. Just, just block them. Yes, just block them. When you, you see, but it says here that bad, do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. You are there going to parties after parties as a Christian sister, as a Christian brother. You have, you can be found in all the parties in the world. Parties that are playing worldly music, drinking alcohol and things. You are clapping and you are, you are doing all kinds of things. Look, today I'm telling you, you are not living righteously. Actively avoid sin. See, the Bible also says that, it says that flee from all appearances of evil. Look, the thing doesn't even have to be evil. It has to appear evil. If you have any inclination whatsoever that, look, I don't like this thing, or this thing seems a little bad, flee from it. Amen. If you get a bad vibe, you know, you guys, your generation are now using vibes and moods and all these things. I don't know what people are using to explain yourself now. But if you get a bad vibe from someone or a bad mood, I'm a righteous sister. I'm a righteous brother. I don't do these things. Please. I don't I can't have such conversations with you. I will block you. Look, you must not be afraid to tell people that you will block them. Even if they insult you, then you just block them. It's as simple as that. You have your peace of mind. Because the Bible says that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you don't limit the things you hear, the kind of conversations you are hearing, the kind of conversations you are having with people, I am telling you that you will receive sexual faith. That's the faith that you receive. Sexual immorality. You know. So please, young believer, young Christian, be led by the Holy Spirit. Be led by God. Now that you are a Christian, these are the things that you need to be focusing on. These are the things that you need to be, to be practically doing. I've given you so many points. Practically do them. Amen. All right, so let's just pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for our Christianity. We thank you that now that we are Christians, Father, we will pray. Now that we are Christians, we will read our Bibles. Now that we are Christians, Father, we will pray long hours, Father. Now that we are Christians, we will live righteously. We will fast. Father, we will do what is right. Father, help us to live righteous lives. Help us to abstain from sexual immorality. Help us to stop kissing that boy, to stop kissing that girl. Father, help us to stay pure. Father, help us to live by the Bible, to live by the word of God. Bless us, Jesus. Father, now that we are Christians, may we not go back to our old habits, our old things. But Father, help us and guide us. In Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I just want to take a little time and I want to take communion. Hallelujah. If you have your communion with you, Join me. If you don't, I'm giving you a few minutes to find your communion, to find bread, find biscuits, find something that you can use for communion, find a drink, find something that you can use, milk, juice, whatever it is, find it, you know, and let's just do communion. Amen. 
I have my communion. I have my bread and my communion wine. Amen. So I'm waiting for you. Quickly rush. Find bread. Find milk. If you don't look, if you don't have anything, use water. Because Jesus Christ turned water into wine. You know, so as I pray over the communion, I pray that it will be turned into wine. You know, so, yeah, so find your communion right now and then I'll, I'll pray over it. Amen. Brothers, sisters, we are one, and our life has just begun. In the Spirit, we are one, and will live forever. Sons of God, hear His holy word, gather around. The table of the Lord, eat his body, drink his blood, and we'll sing a song of love. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Amen. I believe everybody should have their communion wine and, and bread or whatever you're using to represent the body and blood of Jesus by now, I read, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 11.23, For I have received of the Lord that which the Lord... Let me change my version quickly. The Bible says, For I received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, in the night that he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. This do in remembrance of me. I want you to take the body of Jesus Christ, whatever you have of the body, and I want you to just lift it up and I'll pray over it. Amen. Let's just pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you, Father, as we take this body. Father, I pray that you sanctify every life at the sound of my voice. Father, whatever problems we are having with our bodies, sicknesses, diseases, ailments, weaknesses, shortcomings, Father, I come against it in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray for deliverance. May you be delivered as you take the body of Jesus. I pray for strength to overcome, strength to say no, strength to hide from sin, strength to run away from sin, strength to overcome every shortcoming. I pray that may you be led by the Spirit, may you be led, may power fill your body in the name of Jesus. As you take this body, may you not be a normal person, but may the supernatural effect of the Holy Spirit, the anointed, may come upon your life in the name of Jesus. As you take this body, may, may the body of Christ be represented in you. I come against unrobberies. I come against events of rape. I come against floods in your life. I come against potholes. I come against spiritual death. I come against premature death. I pray that may you be saved in your time of need. May you be, be, be guided in your time of need. May you be taken away from a trap. In Jesus' name I pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. The body of Jesus. So I just want you to take the body.
Hallelujah. I continue. Um, the Bible says that after the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do you as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. So just lift up the blood of Jesus right now. Whatever you have representing the blood of Jesus, just lift it up in the name of Jesus. Father, we come before you, Father. I pray for everybody. Father, as we take this, Father, may we be covered by the blood of Jesus. Father, by your stripes, may we be healed. Father, I pray for healing. I pray that you touch every life, you touch every soul, you touch every part of our bodies that are problematic, every part of our bodies that, that need healing, Father. I pray that you touch, move, heal, Holy Spirit. I come against problems of the blood. I come against sicknesses of the blood. I come against cancers. I come against breast cancer, I come against headaches, I come against love problems, spine, spine problems, I come against pain in the neck, I come against pain in the stomach, pain in your head, pain in your legs, wherever the pain is, I come against it in the name of Jesus. Father, as we take this blood, Father, may this blood represent the blood of Jesus that was sacrificed on the cross for us, that we may be righteous, that we may be whole, that we may be healed. Father, may the blood of Jesus touch our very lives. May the blood of, the, of Jesus touch our being. May we not walk around as empty shells, Lord, but may we walk around filled with grace, filled with favor, filled with the word of God, filled with the Holy Spirit, that as we take this blood, may this blood represent the cross in our lives. May we take the cross seriously. May we preach the cross. May we love the cross. May we, may we, may we put respect to the cross that, 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 that Jesus Christ shed his blood on for our sake, that when, when the spirit of death passes over, will be covered in the blood of Jesus and he will pass over because we are covered in the blood of Jesus. May your multitude of sins be covered in the name of Jesus. Whatever sins you have committed, the lies you have told, the bad things you have said, look, you have been cursed by your family members that because of certain things that you did, you will never do well. I break those curses in the name of Jesus. I break generational curses in your life. As you take this blood, I break generational curses upon your life. Any curse that anybody has cursed you with, it is gone in the name of Jesus. Father, as we take this blood, may we be free, set free from bondages, from captivity. May the blood of Jesus speak for us in the spirit. In Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. The blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, I want to do something special. I feel an unction. Um, I want you to just put your hand at any part of your body that has been troubling you, that has been disturbing you. Any part of your body that has limitations, that's weak. I want you to put your, your hand there. Look, it may even be you want something. You know, maybe, maybe you talk too much. Maybe... Um, you say too much, you can put your hand on your mouth so that you learn how to bridle your tongue. Maybe there's a part of your body that's hurting you. There's a part of your body that you want God to do something about. I just want you to put your hand 
on your body right now, wherever hurts, wherever has a problem, wherever there's a sickness, wherever there's a disease, just put your hand there and I'll pray over over you in the name of Jesus. If you don't know where to put your hand, just put your hand over your heart because your heart is like the central part. Your heart connects to everything in your body. So once you put your hand there, the Holy Spirit will touch you and, and your whole body will be healed in the name of Jesus. Maybe the problem you have is internal. It's not really a physical thing. Maybe you have emotional instability. You feel depressed all the time. Whatever it is, put your hand there and I'll pray over it and God will move in your life in Jesus' name. Just put your hand there as I pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I declare and decree to every life at the sound of my voice. Healing in the name of Jesus, Father. Holy Spirit, please come, touch, move, bless every life. Touch, Holy Spirit, move in their homes now, move in their bodies now, move wherever it's hurt, wherever there's a problem, wherever it's weak, wherever there's an ailment, Holy Spirit, move in the name of Jesus. Touch, fix, Holy Spirit. Only you can do it, Holy Spirit. I pray in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, touch every life, bless them, cause them to receive grace, cause them to receive favor. Holy Spirit, move and touch. I pray, I, I pray and I declare and I decree you are healed from all cancers. You are healed from pain in your neck. You are healed from pain, from pain in your head, headaches, migraines. You are healed from pain in your leg. Maybe when, 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 when you started listening to this message, you felt a certain pain somewhere. As you started listening to this message, you felt uncomfortable. You are healed in the name of Jesus. Receive your healing in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, move, touch, heal, bless every life. Bless them. I overcome all problems and all situations that the enemy is putting you in, in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father, for this gift. In Jesus' name, I pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You are blessed. You are blessed to be in a service once again. I pray that God will touch you. I pray that God will bless your life. I pray that God will guide you. Amen. As you leave today, may you be blessed. Father, touch every life. Bless everybody at the sound of my voice. Father, as they go on to live today, move in their lives. Holy Spirit, take control. Take charge of their thoughts, their desires. Take control of their very being, their very thoughts, whatever they want to do, their actions, Lord. I pray, Holy Spirit, guide them. Lead them. May you never be broke. May you not unfortunately lose gifts. May you not unfortunately lose money, lose power. But may you continue to grow from grace to grace. In Jesus' name, I pray with thanksgiving. Amen. You are blessed. We've come to the end of our time together. Join us next time and thank you for listening. God bless you.